Hi there. Welcome to the Mentoring Club podcast. In this podcast series, you are listening to pairs of mentors who were put together randomly. They all joined the Mentoring Club to share their experiences and insights in one-on-one -on -one sessions. But now, with this podcast, we are widening our spectrum to allow more people to learn and grow. The topics and discussions you will be listening to are as diverse as these pairs. In case you want to know more or meet one of our mentors, visit mentoring-club.com. And now, lean back and enjoy the talk. Hello, this is uh, Daniel and Jess, and um, we are meeting today to talk about uh, remote onboarding and um, how to build team culture in a remote setup. And for this, I think first let's um, introduce ourselves, uh, right? Hey, uh, Daniel, maybe uh, ju you just start by introducing yourself to everyone. Sure. I'm Daniel and uh, I'm mostly in the Berlin startup scene. So I've been working for five years now as a co-founder in different situations, uh, partially as a CTO, but also focusing on some other topics. And at the moment, I'm looking a lot into how to um, teach people who want to go into coding, especially non-technical co-founders who want to understand around this and uh, help startups who are in the early phase to build up their product and tech teams. And I've just started working uh, remotely uh, approximately two months ago at a team. And actually half a year ago, I was on co-founder co search also completely remotely, which was a quite interesting experience as well. How about you, Jess? Um, yeah, so I also started um, at Zalando only four months ago, also 100% remotely. I did <laughs> all interviews remotely and... Um, then also, you know, went through this interesting phase of uh, reading documents, meeting uh, the team, meeting people and uh, everyone else uh, remotely. So I can say uh, I only met maybe 10, 10 different uh, colleagues so far, and this probably also only once and um, worked 98% of my time at home. So yeah, I mean, that's new to everyone, right? But um, I think Just sharing a bit on uh, what we experienced is probably valuable for many others. So um, maybe uh, I'm very interested in understanding. Um, you mentioned that six months ago, um, when basically also the pandemic started. So um, that's an interesting timing. Um, you started looking for um, a co-founder, right? That's what you just said. So how did you approach that remotely? Yeah, that, it was a bit of an unfortunate situation uh, because I decided to start on a new journey uh, last uh autumn in November and then unfortunately it directly uh, coincided with COVID in March and um, in, in this specific situation there uh, I was with a program which was um, which is meant to bring together different uh, people interested in founding and for them it was also the first time uh, to, to do this fully remote so in the beginning um, the idea was to bring people together for a weekend to get to know each other and then this weekend basically was a big zoom call instead um, and Overall, it was quite quite an interesting experience. Uh, one thing that I uh, did, for example, was that for the first two weeks, I actually lived with with a co-founder. So uh, I was in Berlin. He was originally from uh, Düsseldorf here in Germany, and he basically moved into my flat for two weeks so that we can get to know each other and uh, work so a bit. Interesting. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Oh my god! See how creative we get in such a, a remote, which is then no longer remote um, setup. That's awesome. And how did this weekend go? If you, I mean, doing a full weekend on Zoom, I I cannot imagine that. Uh, I mean, this must be so exhausting. That it definitely was exhausting. I think it was also just cut short compared to how the weekend would have uh, worked out in person because. In the end, finding co-founder is a lot about clicking with each other. It's nice to know about the past and talk about theoretically what we know, what we want to do. But in the end, the hard situations are those which get emotional. And the emotional situations are really, really hard to encounter while you're just in a, in a video call. So what happened there was that we had some of these theoretical chats about, oh, let's do some brainstorming on ideas or where do you come from? What did you learn? What, what is your skill set? But um, it was hard to go into the deeper emotional stuff. So that is something that actually took a lot longer and then happened over the next couple of weeks uh, between individual pairs, mostly when they started to just meet up in person and then realized in person, wait, doesn't this really work like this? Are we really that compatible or not? It's a bit mm. like, like like online dating, I would say. It's uh, not the <laughs> not the same kind of um, of emotional connection that you can build up when you meet someone in person. And for a founder or for co for co-founders, that's actually quite important because you will go through a lot of really emotional situations together. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm still surprised how well it worked out in the end, to be honest. Um, but it definitely was uh, was more exhausting and took longer and the weekend itself was less effective than if it would have been in person. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally imagine this. And then, I mean, maybe you can just give one tip to people who are looking for co-founders at the moment. Um, how, how, how can they start the search? I think it's just so difficult. If you can go to meetups, for example, right, or pitch in front of audiences where you find people um did the startup scene develop towards this remote setup already in this regard so it depends a bit on the area um but personally i'm mostly around uh, technological topics and app ideas and things like that and for this there actually is already quite a big online scene there's indie hackers there's things on reddit there are some some uh different different pages where you can find people and it's it's really really hard still because of the low entry of barrier to these pages. But um, what worked for me quite well is to try to have virtual lunches and virtual coffees. And virtual lunch means that I'm literally sitting in front of the camera with, with some food and cooking and eating while talking to the person on the other side. It sometimes is a bit awkward in the beginning because we are not used to do that over, um, over, over video. But um, this little awkwardness also helps to just loosen up a bit and talk more about, hey, I see in the background you have whatever, uh, you have some some controllers hanging there, do you like to game? And then you have a topic to talk about, uh, which might come up when you meet in person and which might not come up if you just write some uh, text online. So yes. I would I would really recommend to, uh, to just have a lot of video calls with a lot of people, even if things don't turn out to... Um, To be that interesting, it is the best replacement I've seen so far to being at a big group and being able to mingle one-on-one -on -one, uh, with everyone there. Yeah, well, I totally agree to this, um, especially the background stuff that you just uh, quickly mentioned. This is definitely something where I have also learned a lot about my colleagues, which I might otherwise haven't learned, at least not this fast, right? So one colleague, for example, has lots of running shoes in the background where, you know, we could just then talk about running and um, both realize that, you know, this is a passion that we share. 
someone else had a teddy bear in the background and um, turned out, you know, they have young kids, which I also didn't know because I just started um, at the company. So um, you have definitely, let's say, an entry to your colleague's personal life, which you otherwise wouldn't have, um, which also makes it a bit more human, right? So I think on the one hand, we always say, well, remote work that's less human and the social interaction is missing, which I 100% agree. And we can totally talk about how to overcome that. But on the other hand, because we cook in front of the camera, as you just said, which is, you know, pretty social um, and private. <laughs> and on the other hand, we see how people live. This also creates just interesting discussions that you can have with everyone um, in, an, in a very easy way, right? It's not the small talk kind of thing that you sometimes have, but, you know, you can relate it to something that you just see and, you know, people choose their backgrounds. So if they wouldn't want you to know something, then they would sit somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I have to say, I really like these small encounters every day um, when I am on video calls with, um, with my teams and my colleagues. Yeah, actually for me, this is also always quite nice to see people see the background and I'm always a bit um, slightly disappointed when there's the virtual backgrounds. But on the other hand, obviously, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's private life. We, we're now forcing offices into the private homes of everyone. So um, I, I don't think it makes it would make sense for to force people to show show what they don't want and as you said it's really nice that you basically see what they want to show you um but what yeah. i would actually quite interested in what kind of what other things have you tried so far to um to get a bit more personal connection out of your remote uh, working environment yes so i mean i had to onboard remotely fully um, which was a challenge in itself and i am a strong believer in especially when you onboard to a new team that or a new, a new job, then the team is the most important aspect of that onboarding. So I tried to have um, onboarding calls with all of them, similar to how you just said it. I think I'm more the coffee person. So I did onboarding coffees with um, basically everyone that um, my manager recommended I should speak to from you know the broader organization. And then obviously... Um, with the direct team, I had several of these uh, onboarding coffees and, you know, just meetings to get to know them. And um, this is this is helpful, I think, for both, right? So we wouldn't focus on the technicalities of the job or the concrete projects at hand, but only, you know, discussing, you know, who are you, who am I, um, you know, what is my what is my working style and who I am in private. Um, and I even started with um, a small slide deck with uh, my team during the, you know, I think the first week where I introduced myself through slides, um, where I also talked about my values, my hobbies. I had some, you know, pictures in them that showed me and, you know, who, who I am in general, just to, you know, also give them a glimpse and bring this human aspect um through Hangout, which is difficult uh, and e obviously much easier if you are in a room with everyone where your whole body speaks, right? And remotely, it's only your face and you're missing on so many details um, as a receiver, right? You can't see, you can really see the person and all the body language is missing. So I tried to basically cover parts of that through, you know, just being more open with who I am um, to build such a social connection uh, or at least start building it. I'm obviously still in the process of doing this and um, this never ends, uh, as we all know. 
but I can say that um, all these, you know, private interactions, let's say, and um, just being open about who you are and also share, you know, how you find this whole process of onboarding and discuss with them how, how they can also help uh, you onboard is uh, a good tip for everyone who is going through that same situation at the moment. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, having to to onboard uh, with a team you cannot see, I think, is a situation that many people might find themselves in now. And uh, just talking to, to, to the rest uh, to understand what to do is always a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, you are in the same situation at the moment, right? Um, also yeah. onboarding remotely a second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I've been uh, working part-time now for a couple of months uh, with a different company and um, uh, helping on the dev uh, and product teams. And for me, this was the first time that I had this full remote experience. So the full interview process was remote. Um, and I've been in the office twice since I've been uh, onboarded for exactly one and a half days. and it was the same kind of people's in the office. So it was um, quite the same uh, yeah, people. And, and also, um, interestingly, some people from my team are not in Germany at the moment because during COVID, they went visiting uh, their parents or before in different countries, for example, and now they didn't have a good chance to come back. So they're just working from there, which brings in the distributed teams challenges. And one thing that worked quite well for me here is to just continue the lunch approach. So um, at the moment, I'm still having lunch uh, each day on, on these days um, on my part-time days with, some, with someone from the company. And um, this, this is quite nice to get to know people. We tried some remote activities as well. So I think there's the game called, uh, what's the name? Among Us, for example, which is quite popular uh, at the moment mm -hmm. and which also worked quite well to getting to know each other remotely. Um, but it's it's definitely uh, definitely a struggle, especially when trying to 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 solve problems on the on the people side. So when trying to to get the right processes together. In my situation, especially um, when I joined, um, actually there were two separate teams that were merged into one team in uh, on that exact same point in time. So it was a remote merging of teams as well. And um, yeah, from looking looking at that, it it was quite interesting how well it worked. I think there was definitely something about um, uh, the situation that as developers, we were doing a lot of pair programming and mock programming, which means that, for example, for me, I'm sitting in video calls all the time. And it's, it's not that I'm sitting on my own and only get some signals when I actually call people, but I'm always talking or at least with someone else who I could talk to via video chat. But um, it's obviously not the same as stumbling upon someone when trying to get a coffee who you might never, never think about calling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think here, I mean, pair programming is definitely something that also helps, at least in the for the engineering folks to, you know, not get lost in, in their own apartment. And I have to say, I was also wondering whether that could also work for, for example, a product where you would do, you know, pair producting uh, and just, you know, be with someone else for, let's say, half a day or so, just to, you know, not lose this creativity and just the you know the communication about something and um for sure we need to adapt right as uh as professionals and find different ways of how to 
how to make sure that all this interaction that you normally have, you know, just screaming something, you know, <laughs> through the office <laughs> or to some other colleague who sits like two or three tables next to you, right? All these discussions, these small discussions at, at the desks or in the kitchen or, you know, while going for a walk are so important also for, you know, the work, not only the social part. And all of this is missing. So I don't know how you see this, but now it's, you know, you al you already apologize if you are one minute late to a meeting, which you would in an office situation never do because it's obvious you just need to get from one room to the other. But now it's just a click, right? So what? Why did it take you a minute <laughs> to do that? <laughs> so that changed. Um, and then on the other hand, it's also more difficult if you are in a room with I don't know in a virtual room uh, with eight or ten people and nobody speaks, which mm. in a normal office would be the opposite because you know there would be smaller groups of people just you know chatting about their weekend discoveries or um sports or whatever they have done but that that is pretty different now on on you know everything having virtual virtual chats between smaller groups that's just not possible so we're losing some of this and we need to find different ways of how to how to overcome that you know these small these small discussions that we used to have Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Going back to one of the points mentioned earlier, the product side, this is actually also something we do. So um, we have product mob meetings, you could say, where usually it's together with uh, also developers, um, but uh, it's about refining stories where we just sit for half a day, basically, in the same video chat and discuss about what kind of uh, things make sense for the user. And it's mm -hmm. basically the product work, but having the perspective of the engineer in there or in the engineering um, and being able to do that as a group uh, with a joint whiteboard that everyone can look at, that also gives a bit more of the uh, social interaction back to it. That because you don't only work in one team, but you work a bit across teams, you start working with other people more. Uh, on, on the other hand, also when, when working on something uh, as developers, uh, bringing in the product manager for a question and instead of just writing, uh, give, giving an answer in writing in Slack to, to actually join the video call and look at it and talk about it, um, that, that also, it's not only helpful for pure communication about the problem, but also for the social things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it. That's, you know, similar to how I see product and engineering should interact irrespective of remote or not. Um, you know, all this this closeness between them. Um, for me, product and tech, they win together and they lose together, which involves, you know, close collaboration between the two functions and basically merging into one one bigger, one stronger group, let's say, um, once, once their qualities are um, added up. And that's indeed exactly what you're saying, right? We need to, you know, just also be able to spontaneously jump on, you know, some other call in case someone needs us, similar to how we would have been called to a meeting um, earlier and just allow all of this discussion and fruitful um, exchange between between people. So I'm 100% on board with that, but I like the product mob idea. I, I might try this too. We have something that we, we call it product tank, which is pretty similar where we just meet as a product group and uh, discuss different things um but yeah i mean what you are discussing or what you are suggesting sounds a bit more uh informal um which i really like so i i i might try this too to end it on a positive note what is one thing that you saw from working remotely that changed where you say this is actually better than working in person oh wow that's a difficult question mm, i think i am more focused 
because of that setup. So the you you only have so many interactions with your different uh, team members and uh, everyone else that I I tend to have a more structured way of how to approach meetings, for example, just to make sure that we really discuss what needs to be discussed. Because then, you know, all people's calendars are just full with meetings because there is so much more interaction through meetings now that I want to make sure I, you know, covered all the important stuff. And I also feel this is the same for many people that I work with, um, where they have the same, you know, focus on on what's really the essence of something. So this is for sure interesting to see that there, I think, is an efficiency gain versus what people were fearing, I, I think, at the beginning of all the remote work where, you know, people said productivity would probably slow down, which I haven't seen at all. I would even say the opposite is true. And that's for sure something where we can also learn from once um, the pandemic is over. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's something I also observed. Productivity actually goes up because people can uh, can save on things that might not be in their own interest and at the same time might not be in the company interest. And it's also the small personal thing. So, for example, for me, it just means saving um, my commute and not having to um, to spend uh, half an hour or an hour per day uh, in, in in the on the bike or on the in the u-bahn or things like that and instead when uh, when i'm finished with work i can just directly do some to some sports which i would never have done before because i would then need to go home and then it would have all taken longer and it would have been already later and things like that uh, mean that for me actually there's also some personal benefits of uh, saving the time of um, having to go Absolutely. to the office i 100 agree i'm doing the same by the way but um, often during my lunch breaks because then, you know, now that the winter is there, it's pretty early uh, dark. So what I can now do is just, you know, go for a 30 minute run during my lunch break, take a shower and then I'm back. Right. Which is impossible if you are in the office. So that's definitely also something um, where remote work helps to, you know, just bring everyone back in shape more than before. <laughs> Great. It was really nice talking to you. Um, I think uh, it's definitely a topic that will uh, still accompany every one of us for the next couple of months at least, and hopefully uh, also in some positive ways afterwards. Um, and yeah, so for everyone uh, listening, thanks for, for being with us. If you have any questions, feel free to leave us any comments and uh, feel free to stay on for the next time when we have more hopefully nice insights from other mentors from the Mentoring Club. All right. It was nice speaking to you, Daniel. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.